Hello stackers and happy Monday. You'll have seen from this week's title that this is not one of our usual actual play episodes. It is a busy time of year for travel and for busyness, so we weren't able to meet for our usual recording. We traveled last weekend to spend time with family and Michael and Catherine are enjoying their own travels this week. But I want as much as possible to stick with our goal of releasing each Monday, so I thought we could take a little time today to talk about a part of tabletop role-playing games that can build a sense of mystery and suspense. And that is Secret Messages. By now it should come as no surprise that tabletop role-playing games are my favorite. They're unlike any other game I've ever played, and they captured my imagination from the first day my friend told me about them on the bus ride home from school. I love the elements of collaborative work, storytelling, advancement, wonder, and challenge that all combine to create an experience you just can't get from traditional board games. There are as many ways to play as there are players, and that makes it an incredibly rich game. Sometimes it's important to consider different ways of playing, though. Changing things up from time to time can be helpful. It keeps players and dungeon masters on their toes adds an air of mystery to what could otherwise be a rather pedestrian experience. One of the ways I chose to do this in our series was through the use of secret messages, most notably in the conversations Womberbash has with himself. From the start, I thought it would be interesting to add some dimension to Michael's character to lend an air of mystery to an otherwise really transparent figure. As you've come to know, Bash is so trusting, so naive, so guileless, that it seemed like a natural fit to have this darker side tied in pretty quickly, so it wasn't long before we got to see him holding very one-sided conversations with some unseen entities. And what fun it was. I loved the reactions from Meredith and Thane, and eventually Catherine, as they got to witness Bash's side of things. Because what you hear in the recording is pretty much just the way it was recorded. You know as much of the conversations as the rest of the players. I've arranged things so that only Michael truly knows what the other half says. It always makes me smile when I hear Meredith's continued surprise and excitement. They are completely unfeigned. So how do we do it? Well, in this special episode, I would like to pull the curtain back a little bit, even though it's not really that big a deal. Before we started our show, I arranged with Michael to use Facebook Messenger for sending one-way messages. It did take some convincing because he's drifted away from Facebook for personal reasons, and I believe the only time he uses it is during our games. I use the computer that we record with to type a note to him through Messenger, and he responds out loud into the microphone. It's really not complicated, but it is effective. (laughs) It has been an interesting method because, of course, the result of our exchanges is a one-sided record of the messages I've sent. If you look at this history and Perhaps Michael will share that history someday. It looks like we have an unimaginably toxic relationship. I've typed some pretty harsh things, divisive things, and you've heard his recorded responses, so you have some idea of what's gone on behind the scenes, but it does tend to leave some things to the imagination. Now, I got the idea for using secret messages during games from other takes on the same concept. I think the first time I saw secret messages used in-game was in my high school years, When our DM would pass slips of paper to us, it always felt special to have something come my way like that, and I thought it was a neat touch. It informs the individual player of some secret detail, after which it's up to the player about whether and how to share it more broadly. 
Another method, a simple conceit, is taking a player away from the table for a quick discussion. I've done this on occasion as well, stepping out of the room for a minute or so to share something and then return. This works well too, and has the added benefit of allowing other players at the table to talk amongst themselves while the private discussion is going on without clouding the message I'm trying to share with the target player. Inevitably, there's a very expectant air when we finally return to the table, and it's almost always allowed to linger. It's really quite fun. And of course, there's also the hidden backstory. Some players love to build their characters with detailed backgrounds full of obscure and tragic history. For them, revealing these tidbits throughout the game is like putting together pieces of a puzzle, and it can be fun for other players at the table to realize, oh, that's why you've been acting this way. So you can use secret messages in many different ways in your game. But in Bash's case, carrying on a conversation with scribbled bits of paper or popping up and down from the table wasn't going to be as efficient as I would have liked. On paper, I either would have had to be passing it back and forth with the help of another player because Michael sits at the opposite end of the table from me, or I'd have to prepare the script in advance, and that's not good either because it would suffer the dual disadvantage of anticipating his responses, most likely wrongly, and of revealing the entire conversation all at once. Getting up from the table after every sentence would be equally laborious and break the flow of things, so really digital means were by far the best option. I hate texting, so using the computer with its keyboard makes it as easy as possible to send off a quick sentence or two and let Michael do his thing. These exchanges are a bit more delayed than they would be during regular conversation, of course, but I'm able to touch up the slightly extended pauses during the editing process. The final product is a mostly real-time conversation that allows us to continue the story with a single character while remaining in place, and the other players get to listen to Bash's side of things and draw their own conclusions as to what's really going on. I'd say it's been successful and fun. Meredith especially gets a lot from the exchanges and spends a good amount of time outside the game pondering what it all means. I'd say that if your players continue to discuss and dwell on your story well after you've wrapped for the evening, you're doing a fine job as a DM. So why use this technique? Isn't there already enough uncertainty with the fickleness of the dice? Well, I have a few reasons that I'd like to share. Number one, I like the secret message because it preserves the mystery of an aspect of your game. People like to have secrets, and when you start sharing them in one-on-one moments during a game, you're inviting that player to help build a small part of the world with you. Your entire group of players doesn't need to know everything that's going on. That's not the way things work in real life, so it's a natural construct that ties in neatly with your game world. Now, over time, things may be revealed, but sometimes these secrets will remain a secret the entire time and no one else may ever know what you and your player have cooked up. To me, that's just a super cool notion. Next, it shakes things up. Using secret messages and having one-sided conversations adds an intriguing element that engages your players' minds in different ways and could be a good way of reinvesting them in what's going on at the table. If you find your players are distracted or straying from events, try this and see if it has an effect on their engagement levels. Also, try this approach if you find your games are starting to feel formulaic and predictable. Who knows what may come of it? Perhaps the simple act of sharing a secret message with a player will trigger a chain of events that adds a new element to your world, sows distrust among party members, or helps unite players in their resolve to work together. The fact is, you won't know if you don't try. Finally, I love this technique because it puts power in the player's hands. I start each game with the tagline, who's ready to tell a story. I do this as a subtle reminder that we're all in this together, that the choices we each make and the details we each add all combine to make up our story, not my story. 
One of my resolutions coming into the Stack of Dice podcast was to give up more of the control I have over the game, and to let the players have more of an opportunity to drive the direction. Before each episode, I put together the notes that form the overall possibilities, but the players really direct what happens next. For instance, in the most recent episodes, I was prepared for everyone to choose to move on to the next phase of their epic quest, but they instead decided to take a detour to return to Arden. I had already put together some notes to cover that contingency, but I was equally prepared for them to head on to the distant land of Kazaro. In the same way, giving players secret information allows them to decide when and how to reveal it. As the dungeon master, you're effectively handing over some of the control of your game and letting that player become a storyteller in his or her own right. It's remarkably empowering for both you and the player, and it starts building a sense of shared storytelling. My advice, if this sounds daunting, start small. Make your secret messages cover little things, something a player notices, for instance. Because it is not a huge plot point, you're not handing over an entire story arc, which could be off-putting to both of you. Instead, you're giving a scrap of information that could have bearing on a situation. Imagine, for instance, talking with a city guard who's particularly adamant that the party can't enter the city because they don't have the appropriate credentials. What if the rogue with the high passive perception notices the guard keeps glancing nervously at the cleric's badge of Umberly? The rogue might be able to exploit that fact to intuit that the guard could be intimidated successfully by the cleric. As the DM, you could announce it to the table, but that would have the entire party, including the cleric, trying to find a way to take advantage of this. Instead, slipping a note to the rogue lets her find out how she wants to use this information. It gives her a chance to shine. Maybe the party approaches a bridge high in the mountains. A quick scan from a distance shows it seems to be in good order, but the dwarven artificer might get a boost of pride in being the only one to notice that it's been rigged to crumble away at the tug of a rope. These are the moments that lead to great memories of heroic deeds and serve to keep your players clamoring for more highlight moments. Can secret messages be overdone? Sure. There's no real guideline for how often to use them, but you should be able to see from your players' reactions when it's effective and when it isn't. As a general rule, if it feels overdone, it probably is, and you can just back off. As the DM, certainly you don't want to bog down the game scribbling notes to everyone, although if you take the time beforehand to prepare notes to hand out, that might be effective. But every now and then, consider sneaking this back in and see how it flies. So, all this goes to say that I really, really, really like the secret message approach to DMing. I feel it's been effective and quite well received at the table for our actual play episodes. So my question to you, Stacker, do you already use something like this in your own game? If so, I'd love to know if it's been as effective for you and how you go about it. Or if the special episode prompts you to use secret messages, please do share how they work for you. I'm sure there are plenty of other methods out there for using secrets that I haven't even considered. If you have another technique, please share it with us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice or by email at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you about any aspect of D&D. Also, if you haven't yet rated and reviewed us on iTunes, please take a moment to do so. And that's it for this Monday's release. If I'm able, I would like to sneak in a bit more content later this week, perhaps toward the end, so hang in there. In the meantime, think warm thoughts, and we'll see you here again soon at Stack of Dice.